Hello and welcome to Groovecast, the podcast for the rhythm section with me, Ashley Walker. And me, Charlie Smith. And, uh, you know, we're starting this season a little bit on the fly, aren't we? Just sort of, we're launching into yeah. things. Yeah, and, we're trying, um, to, trying to get some, uh, some episodes crammed into mainly your busy schedule. <laughs> um, jetting jet, jetting around the world on very caravan. yeah well in a, <laughs> in a caravan or or a luxury uh five star cruise ship <laughs> Who either way which is better well i don't know <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna sort you you had an idea um for for an episode which i thought was a really cool one yeah I I, if you want to give us I a rundown i thought it was a yeah uh, it's something i've seen a lot of about online recently um and we, I thought it would be quite interesting for us to have a bit of a, a debate topic where there isn't a right or a wrong answer necessarily, uh, but there's a lot of little things we can we can dip into, and it's definitely something relevant to, um, to the music industry as it is now, and also I'm sure to how we take in, um, some music and and some you know, mm. uh, shall we say educational content, <laughs> let's put it like that for now. Um, and the, yeah, the sort of the topic that I I boiled it down to um, was: Is YouTube uh, and other online video learning platforms helping or hindering uh, young or new musicians who are either just starting to learn or are, are learning uh, uh, like self ta- uh, self teaching themselves? Hmm. Um, and you know, so that could be anything from uh, online uh, lessons, uh, where it's a, a video lesson about a certain topic, or it could be lessons with professional players, uh, or you know, some of the greats, um, and and many other things that we're gonna we're gonna get into. Um, and I thought as a first sort of point of this is a reason why this is a good thing. You know, YouTube's a good thing. Is you know means it's you know whether it's financial or other means that is you know is this giving someone who couldn't afford to or uh doesn't have the means to have in-person lessons with a a teacher uh is this giving them the chance to learn that they might otherwise not have i don't know Hmm. what you think of that let's 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 chat yeah 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 i kind of agree with that it's um I mean, like I think we've spoken about before, um, possibly on the podcast. I know we, we've it's something we've talked about a lot because of our, uh, you know, upbringings with my dad being a musician and your granddad. And it's just um, something, you know, when I started learning bass, my dad would tell me quite often about, um, you know, how in his day and stuff when you wanted to learn a certain piece of music or you'd have a lesson and um, his. I think his teacher turned him on to Maynard Ferguson and he was like, oh, I really want to get into that. So he had to get on two buses to go to the local library to then go and buy the buy the album and stuff, which it wasn't, obviously it would be something ridiculous in uh, like in today's money or whatever, but it was you know a lot for them back then. And, um, you know, now like with my bass teacher and in lessons and everything, it's just all there for you. And my when I first started bass lessons, my teacher would give me what we'd learned on a CD to t- take back. And it wasn't that long after that I then just started using Spotify. And he'd say, oh, do you want the CD? And I'd just say, oh, no, I'll just get it on Spotify. Or And if there's something that we didn't get to in the lesson, 
nine times out of ten you can go on YouTube and there's somebody breaking down the riff or breaking down um, uh, you know like what I was learning and so for that reason it is great and there is no excuse for um, for people to kind of not be able to learn something because it's not there you'll there'll be some format that you can find it on isn't there but yeah and and I think you you've struck a good point there is that if is it you know is it is it in a way getting it's you know is it replacing in-person lesson which I've, mm. I'd like to say it isn't um you know as a, as someone who teaches quite a lot I, you know it's definitely something that I and I can push students towards for certain things you know if they come in with a, a track that we might not have time to go through that particular lesson uh, I can say well if you go and look at it on YouTube or you know find a live version or a or something like that and then we'll look at it next week you know, so it gives them a, a bit of a preempt that they can get started on, but I think you can't replace being in a room with, with someone. For me, yeah. I think that the feedback is so important, and it's the one sort of really big thing that all of these online lessons lack is that you haven't got someone watching you do it and going, "That's great, that's great." You need to change that ever so slightly, maybe adjust your, your you know, your hand position there or your the way that you're doing that to make it either more ergonomical or so that you don't develop bad habits, you know, things like that. And I, I think that's the one thing that, that needs to be stressed with, with YouTube lessons is it, it it's a great way to learn, but it's not a great way for getting instant feedback. Yeah, I, th I think that you can you can absolutely learn, you know, potentially like an instrument on youtube but you can't learn how to be a musician on youtube yeah um, that's a know, really good point yeah like with um you know i had a, a bass teacher who'd been in worked in the industry and you know still in the industry and um you know it's not just the the like learning the actual instrument and the positions and the techniques and everything's invaluable in itself but the like real um you know key stuff was the advice and the you know how to use that the those teachings and stuff in the industry and it's it can be about temperament or a thing as well and this isn't this is kind of true of every generation you can go as far back as the beatles and stuff and people my bass teacher when i would would have been my age at that time and you could you saw for them it was like you didn't need to learn how to read music or whatever it's just oh let's get guitars and write songs and stuff and I've met people when I was doing like GCSE music and stuff like that who couldn't read a note because they watched the Red Hot Chili Peppers or somebody of this kind of generation or I guess the early 2000s or whatever. And they um, so they thought that was kind of acceptable. And in a way, it is acceptable. But as we know, and we've speak, uh, spoken to people like Steve uh, Pierce about, you know, it's that thing that he said about adapting or dying and you know like it's just another string to your bow and to be able to read music and to learn the instrument properly is invaluable yeah and and for for someone like for people like us seeing someone who doesn't read music you know even if they're a really great player it's a limiting factor for what we could book them on a gig you know if if, yeah. if we have to rely on the fact that they you know they might be the best player in the world but if they can't read and it's a reading job that's a a job that they can't get you know so i always I always say to students, you know, even if you don't see yourself going, you know, whether it's doing the grades or going, you know, further than just a hobbyist, 
I say if you can read music, you've always got the potential to do mm. to do more with it than if you if you're just bashing out grooves and playing along the songs. You know, yeah. which is which is a great way to learn, and I think we all do that. You know, playing playing along the music is the best way to learn, but that doesn't teach you how to play along with a band or with musicians. Yeah, you know, exactly. in a in a in a in a real world place, that's a totally different feel. You know, I know one of my students recently has has gone from taking lessons for 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 years and years and years with with me and and other teachers, and now she's in a band. And mm. she's now finding that it's a totally different world, but it's an equally useful one to to learn and to to get used to playing with other people and how to how to command a, a band. You know how to tell everyone that we're going to change sections with a fill or that we're going to end here and how we're going to do the end and what the rowel's going to be, things like that. It's all becoming important now in that in that student's world to to know that that sort of stuff and that's that's the sort of thing that you can't you can't learn on youtube yeah i think um i mean that leads me on a little bit to the the thing of because i know one of the things we wanted to talk about and as we said is the um you know people who for either they wanted to or you know it's just happened for them have got youtube famous like on um, music kind of channels and there's a lot of there is a lot of quality and great stuff out there. People like Scott Devine and um, you know one of the ones that I had written down that I mean I haven't used Scott Devine as much, but and I, I mean to be fair, the online YouTube thing isn't something that has been a go-to for me in terms of learning like a full song or learning uh, stuff outside of small techniques or stuff. But one of the good ones for me was um, I got a talking bass. Um, guy called mark smith who uh, has a youtube channel there and i think i learned run for cover off him marcus miller yeah um, yeah and you know because for me i mean and this is true of every form of education for me it's i've always been someone who needs to be taught one-on-one -on -one, and i'd always struggled in school in a classroom setting of you know a generalization teaching something and kind of hoping it works for everybody and actually i need it to be slowed down people like uh, the talking bass thing it's fantastic because it's um you know they'll teach you the riff they will teach you the techniques that you need for little parts in it and you know slows it right down breaks down like each individual note and then eventually speeds it back up which is the way that i've always worked with my bass teacher on difficult things um, but as we know it's not always like that with the youtube stuff sometimes it can yeah yeah I mean, it is definitely worth mentioning the the good guys, you know, the ones who are trusted, as you say, Scott Devine, Talking Bass, and uh, I'll add a friend of our, of the podcast in as well to that, um, Keith Pebbody, who who does the Academy of Bass channel, because he's been putting some, some really good stuff out, and it's coming from a guy who's been a professional musician for years and years and years, you know, and same on the on the drums side of it, you've got, I mean, obviously, the, I think the, the biggest one that's about is Drumio, which is... Has, has got lots and lots of different things and and you know is all subscription based and everything but then you've got the again on on the the, the real sort of just youtube side of things there's uh, the american guys like stephen taylor um who's a great great teacher um uh rob brown uh beatdown brown is another one and you know there's there's a few 
great drum ones that I've definitely, you know, it, it's for, for me, if I'm ever looking for YouTube lessons, it's not looking for a lesson. It might be looking for a, just to pick, pull apart one part of one song or one little thing that I'm trying to just nail down. And you might just want to refer to make sure, you know, you, you, you kind of know what it should be, but you might just want that second opinion. So I'll sometimes just refer over to one of those and go, oh yeah, that's, that's how I, how, how I was working it or, oh, they've done it differently. Let's try that way and see if it works better. You know, so I always use it as a, as a kind of, checking my work sometimes yeah if i'm if i'm if i'm sitting and working out a really tricky figure or you know i was i was sat last week um in between some teaching stuff i had some time to kill so i was i was working on a few different ideas and one of the things that came to mind was the uh, one of the the big tom fills in uh, duke's intro you know the genesis yeah uh show opener uh as it was for a long time and there's a really big uh, two bar fill about two and a half minutes into that and I wanted to try and suss it out and of course you go on you try and find the live version on, on YouTube or wherever and you watch it and of course guess what happens when that drum fill ha- comes up they cut away to Tony Banks yeah. uh, so you don't see what Chester or Phil are doing so you know then you maybe look at you look at a, you know someone doing a cover of it yeah, which is a good a good cover, not not someone who's just blazing over the top of it, but someone who's trying to play the accurate parts. And then you go, well, that's the way they've done it. That's the way it sounds, you know. And you're trying to pull all these pieces together. And then in my case, it was, and they've got five toms, and I've got two or three sat here. <laughs> so then, how can I apply that pattern to less drums? And in the end, it was, you know, it's now been something I've quite enjoyed working on. But it's just, it's a, it, I wanted to know what that orchestration of it was you know i knew what the figure was but it was the 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 actual where where and when uh you know which which drum at what point he was hitting that i wanted to really suss out because you know when you've got five toms and they're on a live recording with a load of other things and loads of reverb it can be a bit harder to, to really decipher what was what was happening and obviously i was in a teaching room i didn't have you know, really nice speakers or headphones where I could crank it up and and really really dip into it and take it note by note. So, so yeah, for that sort of thing, it's great to run to YouTube and just you know be able to, like you say, dial it up at the the tip of your fingers in five seconds rather than having to you know buy a buy a book of transcriptions that's going to take a week to arrive or and then might not have it in anyway or go and buy you know three live dvds that have got it on on the hope that one of them will have the camera on the drums at the right point yeah you know, so things like that as we know it could and as we wanted to one of the reasons we're talking about this is it can go both ways as we know in terms of yeah it's all there um so it's it's for people like us and and as we know, it's it depends what you want to learn for. Some people, you know, want to buy a guitar and just want to learn Apache or learn, you know, learn certain things. And, you know, you've got all those resources now, but it's, you know, is there something to be said about learning these things kind of out of context and without, you know, knowing about the feel of it or learning? And as you said, with your student, who's now been able to go into a band setting and apply those skills, you know, for, probably for me and you, I know for myself, I kind of learnt those important lessons of 
uh, working in a, the texture of a rhythm section stuff was in the Boston Youth Jazz Orchestra. But, um, you know, and learning about feel and playing with the drums and sometimes you're not playing with the kick drum and you're playing with something out of the left hand of the piano or whatever. You know, what, you can't learn those things on YouTube and as much as they are, there's the top guys as well who do teach you like a lot of what you need to know, you still can't learn um, those things on there. And that's yeah. you know that's where it does hinder you ever so slightly. And I think yeah, you, you're totally right as well. Of it's you know YouTube's like a massive pile of stuff, and you it takes a little bit of knowledge to be able to sift through and find find the gold in there. Mm. You know, there's a lot of it is you know it's not what you're looking for. But it's finding the bit that will give you what you're looking for, you know, whether it's a really well made and well put together um, lesson or a really well well done cover of a of a song, you know, because covers can be really useful for seeing not only what the original might have been, but how someone else approaches it. That can be really interesting. Where, but again, it's sifting through from the one, you know, the the ones that are. Are just taking it in a different direction that you don't really want to be dragged down, but and finding the ones that are in the area you want you want to 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 look for. So it's it does actually it's funny saying saying it, but it takes a bit of knowledge to be able to find the good stuff in there. You know, just yeah. being able to sift through and go, that won't give me what I need, but that might. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's like you say. And and the one thing that that I know we mentioned um, before is that it, you know having all of this stuff there. There's also not only all the stuff that's being created, you know, week on you know currently and from the last sort of what ten fifteen years that YouTube's been around, mm. but there's also uploads of VHS tapes and DVDs of you know instructional DVDs from. The, the greatest players of all time, you know, people like uh, Steve Gadd or Simon Phillips or um, I'm sure there'll be the likes of lessons with Lee Sklar or with um, Abe Laboreal or, you know, p- people like that that you want that uh, were made in the 80s, but someone's had the foresight to take them off, uh, you know, and, and upload them because who's got a VHS player in the house now? <laughs> You know, most people don't even have DVD players. Yeah. So it's you know, I mean, I know, I, I know for me, I've got a, a cabinet there which has got loads of drum instructional DVDs from Simon Phillips, Neil Peart, Steve Gadd, uh, and others. And they, I used to love tuning into those. You know, especially when I was younger, getting to sit and watch Todd Suckerman going through his methods and mechanics stuff was was fascinating. It was a lot to take in. But it was really fascinating, and it's something that I still can drop back to now, you know. And things like that are really, really good. And it's good that it's, again, immediate dial-up. You can just quickly find it without having to go through the, the motion as you used to have to of switch the telly on, DVD player, find the disc, you know, find the right part that you're looking for in amongst the five hours of footage you know the five hour long instructional bit find the one bit that you're you're really after if you are looking for something specific so that's it's great to have all of that on 
on one sort of in one place now you know whether it's on youtube or just generally on the internet you'll find odd odd things or screenshots of you know it's even like finding screenshots of books and things that you to save you having to buy the book just for the one page that you that you really want yeah i think one of the um i mean on what you said a minute ago about the um you know covers of stuff can be great as well one of the cool things i saw and made me think about was a uh, one of my favorite youtube musicians and stuff is a guy called joshua lee turner who does uh, a, has a couple like couple of groups and stuff does lots of amazing covers as well as original songs and he did a q a about you know how he puts his videos together and he said before he learns the song that he wants to learn or whatever he finds as many covers of it and versions as he as there are either on youtube or itunes or whatever and then you know picks bits that he likes from each one and that's something i've definitely taken into account all the time now even if it's something i'm not necessarily learning just a piece of music i enjoy and it's like you know um there was we were on holiday a, a couple of weeks ago and there was a like sat by a swimming pool and they had covers of songs on different kind of big band versions of songs and then chilled kind of uh, lounge music versions of songs and i can't remember which song it was in particular but it was one i liked anyway and there's this version i was like this is great and you can either just shazam it now or you can just put in you know whatever how deep is your love cover and then yeah. five come up and you're like oh that's the one i liked but also i like this one and and then you know for me it might be learning it on guitar because i'm not a guitarist you know learning it from that on guitar and um yeah, bass or... saves you saves you going out to the nearest charity shop and buying the panpipe hits uh <laughs> all your favorites on on uh panpipes and accordion uh <laughs> you know in the in the style of um but no that's it it is it's totally a great way to 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 listen and to also find different versions of different songs as well you know that you know just to pick one that stands out immediately um you know you've got the uh, the Marvin Gaye thing what's going on and there's three versions of that that are all different and all great by three really big artists you've got obviously Marvin Gaye's original version you've got um a Cindy Lauper did a version of it which is more of a a pop synthy 80s thing and then you've got uh, Donny Hathaway's version which is just pure groove with a really good section really tight band and he puts it into like a shuffle feel in the second verse which i just think's beautiful and you know <laughs> and you listen to that and you go oh so it takes what marvin gay had done and just puts it in a completely different direction you know and marvin gay's version's great and so is donny hathaway's cindy mm. lopez is all right if you if you're into that sort of synth pop 80s thing uh but for me those two versions whenever i play it they're the versions i'd want to be playing if i'm playing that particular song and i'm sure there's a million other songs that could could apply to but it just yeah. depends what kind of thing you you're really after yeah i mean uh, one of the ones that comes to mind which you know my dad as a teacher that always kind of has his stuff that go to videos and showing off things and one of them the earliest ones that I saw covers was um, Tim Akers, I think it is, doing um, Uptown Funk and his uh, horn section and everything. It's just like just taking that song, which 
is one of those things you know at the time in the charts and everything i mean it's gosh it's got to be over nearly 10 years old now something like that but it was one of those modern songs that was like oh actually this is great i like this and then you know they took that and just um took it to another level and um and yeah and just to have that on youtube and it, i mean i've seen loads of people now taking you know doing big band versions of it or um you know like with the boston youth jazz orchestra they have singers as well obviously and taking bits of the riffs that the tim akers horn section have arranged and like putting it into the original song and um yeah because it's yeah. just fantastic i think the best version of that that we've we've got to come up with for for recently at least for me i don't i think for you probably as well was uh louis dowdswell's lockdown big band thing where yeah. he got where he did the the tune from frozen two yeah, or whatever it was own. yeah yeah and he had greg bissonet and you know all the lawrence top Cottle lawrence cottle was on it and Gordon all Goodwin. the top top big band players from around the world and you know the editing of the video was obviously really really clever and really really great but just being able to sit and take that in was like cause let's be honest neither of us would have gone and listened to the original necessarily yeah. i don't think don't think we're quite the target audience for Frozen 2 or whatever the film was. Yeah. However, give it to Greg Bissonette, Louis Dowdwell, Gordon Goodwin and Lawrence Cottle and I think we're a bit more interested. <laughs> you know, and that's where it, it you know, it can actually spring something on you that you wouldn't have otherwise listened to. You know, and and then you go, "Oh, that's really cool." And you might go in you know, in some cases you might then go and find the original version. Not mm. in that case for me, I've got to say. <laughs> Well, one of the ones for me on the... Yeah, I mean, obviously, Louis Dowdswell's got a, a massive uh, catalogue of the YouTube stuff. I mean, he put that whole first album on YouTube, and that's how it was made, I think. Um, and that he did the thing of the Incredibles theme with Wayne Bergeron. And that was one of those things where, obviously, I remember, as I'm sure you do, the Incredibles when I was a kid in that film. And obviously, as a little kid, I wouldn't appreciate the score or the, the underscore or the music or anything, the soundtrack. But um, going, I heard that the thing of uh, him doing it and the big band arrangement, and then the second Incredibles film came out around the same time, and I just had a whole new appreciation for the score. And I did then go and like listen to bits of the the original soundtrack, and just like, yeah, this is great. And I don't know, they did they didn't do that much to it. I don't think they just pieced it the best bits together and yeah, um, made a yeah made an arrangement around themes yeah. from. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, really cool. Um, so one of the things we wanted to talk about, which uh, I know we're both well, I know you're very passionate. About, <laughs> is uh, I have a strong opinion. Whole, is the whole um, you know clickbait thing, and I, I've seen a lot of this lately. Yeah, uh, on adverts and you know, I just hate the whole false promises thing that gets thrown around of make your playing better in five minutes by doing this or. Um, change the way you've, uh, you know, change the way you've done something for for your whole life because we show you one little thing that might help or might not, and I just yeah. find all of that to be absolutely really irritating. <laughs> I just <laughs> I hate the idea, and I, I I often will if I see companies or online education places doing that, I will actively not click on them and actively not give them any um any of my time because i just find i just think it's like it's just a really cheap shot and for students who don't understand 
that you're playing isn't going to get better in five minutes because of one tiny adjustment that you might you might try and that you might get wrong you know it's it's just rubbish and i really it really does annoy me when i'm because they always seem to you know promote those videos and 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 do it and it's always it's always this this technique will change the change your life and this and it's like well it won't it just won't I saw one the other day on um, Facebook, and it was on YouTube as well. I mean, I see them all the time of because, like I said before, most of the YouTubey things I use or googling chords or whatever are usually for guitar, just for learning songs to sing and play on guitar. And so most of the ads I get are to do with that. And oh, I learned I learned how to play guitar off of this thing, and it's like you know shows you the notes, and it's oh, and the the, the fretboard lights up, so I know which string. Just like you know, that's not gonna work, right? And like apps, and but one of the ones I saw was um, you've we've all been playing Blackbird wrong for the past sixty years. Oh yeah, and it was it was a thing of and to be fair to the guy, he wasn't necessarily wrong, but it, the whole thing was like. I thought, oh, there's going to be a chord that's wrong because I've tried to learn Blackbird and stuff and it oh, doesn't sound quite right. There must be a chord wrong or whatever. And it wasn't that. It was just McCartney said at a gig that and how, um, you know, and also it, I thought it was going to be to do with the left hand thing because my bass teacher had to teach it to me, but he had to learn it not backwards, but on all the MTV things that were unplugged. Obviously, McCartney's got his guitar the other way around. So you're trying to like work it out. Um, but yeah, it was just to do with the strumming of it and how he doesn't like sh- people play it dung 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 and it's just dung dung It's like, well, we could all work that out. <laughs> like that was the video, and I was just like, well, that's fifteen seconds of my life. I'm yeah. Getting back. Well, there's there's also that. It's like yeah, the the whole you've done this wrong for your entire life thing, and then there's also those really irritating ones where it's like, um. Here's how I learnt to play drums using Guitar Hero. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> you know, it's... There's there's no comparison between a video game where you're pushing buttons, you know, whether you're doing it on a little guitar thing with your fingers or with hitting a coloured pad at the right time. It's button pushing. You know, yeah. it's not... I didn't learn to play drums with guitar. That's rubbish. And it just irritates me the the amount of. This is where YouTube becomes a complete hindrance because it is full of that kind of content. Because mm. those sorts of titles make people watch their videos, and I know that's why they do it, and that's a very good reason why to do it. But also, just cut the cut the rubbish, mm. you know, and, and don't don't you don't need to try and do that because then what you end up doing is getting someone who's going to sit and watch that video and wait 10 minutes to be told the one bit of information that you're selling at the in the title which may or may not be useful at all you know in the terms of your blackbird one very unuseful i mean one of the things and i kind of i have a love hate thing with this is um there's a guy who does um guitar videos called marty music who I've used before, and I think and I like the style of his videos and everything. I've known some guitarists who don't rate him and everything, and kind of you know don't have anything nice to say about him. But one of the things he does, which I guess is a form of clickbait, is he says, you know, I'm going to teach you this song, and it's actually only the first verse of it or the first yeah. chorus, and then he doesn't to get the middle bit. You subscribe or you know, like you buy the thing or you go to his website and have to pay for the full video, which is like 
yeah, I kind of agree with that because, you know, if you think that you're going to learn, you know, you shouldn't be able to get everything for free, you know, if you, because, you know, as musicians, as we know, the amount of what, you know, and when we get paid for gigs, and this is what I remind people all the time, is you're not just paying for that 45 minutes or whatever, you're paying for the t 10 years of lessons, the gear, the so, you know, yeah, you should be paying, but also you shouldn't be calling it that I'm going to teach you this song or yeah, the, learn this in five the, minutes. Yeah, all the small things tutorial. No, all the small things verse and chorus tutorial. Yeah, not it's, the... oh, oh, they should just say at the start of the video, I'm going to teach you verse, the first verse and chorus. If you want the full lesson pack or the full transcription or the full whatever, you, you can find a link below or you can subscribe or you can you can do all of that. You know, it's like, just be clear on it. You know, be really clear when it's uh, when it's that. You know, it's the same with when you see people reviewing things. Make it really clear when it's uh, you've been gifted it or you've been sponsored by them, because obviously you're gonna say nice things. <laughs> you know, versus if you're genuinely reviewing it. You know, even if it has been loaned to you by the company, you can be very genuine about it. It's not like they're paying you to to do it, so it's but everything like that all comes comes into it, and and I think from what you said say there, it kind of leads on to the the other point that we we came on, which is that anyone on YouTube can call themselves a teacher, a tutor, an educator, uh, you know whatever title they want to to give it. Anyone can call themselves that without any qualification nor. Um, CV of any sort, you know. For me to become a teacher, you know, I, I trained, you know, I I did my music degree, I put my time in, I was, you know, I'm skilled on the instrument, you know. That's that was all the groundwork that meant that I, I'm not just some schmuck in a bedroom telling people what to do. I've got that knowledge, and same, you know, if you're when you've been doing little odd teaching gigs, and you you you've got to know your stuff. And you've got to have complete trust in yourself that you're passing the right information on, you know. And if you're not passing the right information on, you can't be afraid to correct yourself and go, you know what, I was, I told you that wrong. I, I, you know, I did a bit of extra research or I found a different way of doing it. Let's do it this way. And I mean, as we know as well, and you know, you've you're far more, you know, an expert in this than I am and, and the teaching side of things, as you said, you've trained and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, with the YouTube thing and people that call themselves teachers and stuff, you know, it's sometimes, you know, the little bits I've done have usually been with uh, younger people and stuff. And as w with this podcast and stuff, I've never, and we've never claimed to be, you know, um, you know, telling you exactly how to do it or being experts in all these fields or anything sometimes teaching kids can just you know especially for you sometimes in a school setting i know with my dad it could just be about giving that kid half an hour of just enjoying the lesson or whatever yeah. it doesn't have to be half an hour because not every kid's the it's, same it's youtube can't be that um you know involved it's it's just a generalized thing. that's the thing and, and as a as a as a peri teacher you know teaching in in schools and also teaching privately you te you try and tailor every lesson to each student you know you try and teach in a way that the student's going to benefit most but you also try and teach them things they want to learn you know you of course you'll teach fundamentals that whether they want to know what a paradiddle is or not they're going to find out what a paradiddle is 
But when it comes down to, you know, song studies and stuff, it's totally student-led. If there's a band they like, if there's a song they like, of course I'm going to gravitate towards doing that as well as doing other songs that I might want to teach them. You know, that will be beneficial in a learning and a musical sense. It's good to give them... To, to let them lead the lesson as well and say, right, I want to, you know... And sometimes I'll get students coming in going, right, I was watching this thing on YouTube and it was a drummer playing this rudiment. And I go, great. Because that means they've got a basic idea of what it is and I can now, as a, in, as a physical tutor, I can watch them play, advise, and also use my knowledge and my background and my physical resources, my books and, and different things, to push that forward. Because we've got the initial bit out of the way, because they've already learnt the the figure or the pattern. We can then just jump straight into making sure they're, they're playing it correctly. Any other ways they could play it, you know, if there's different inversions or different variations of it, whether you're playing it, you know, left stick first or right stick first or whatever else it might be. And then we can start getting into the fun stuff of, of drum lessons, at least. And I'm sure it's the same with, with bass, of, of being able to then take it from just being a a rudiment or a, a, a pattern on a page to being a something that you can actually apply and use in as many yeah, different I mean, settings as possible. Yeah, one of the... That's a kind of a good lead-on, thanks very much, um, to Anytime. the thing of... Yeah, I've in the past and still, you know, I still have lessons every now and then and because you can never stop learning and, and it's just a great, one of the things I do with in my lessons now and have done for a while, I mean, I, I'll, like you said there, I'll say to my base teacher, can we learn this or, you know, what's going on in this kind of thing. But one of the things that, and this is a, again, another love hate and it can be good and can be bad tool. But one of the things you can do now is you can find, you know, the sheet music online. And, you know, that's one of the sifting through things yeah. where there are is a lot of rubbish out there. But for the um, the people watching on YouTube, I've got just here, my bass teacher um, just found a whole, something I'd never done before, but just different stuff, a whole album of Sarah uh, Borealis stuff. And um, that's off a guy called Martin Motnick for anybody who wants the bass music for he does all sorts of stuff and generally speaking they're fantastic he's got all the everything you need on there with few you know mistakes and there's a few bits in there that we've had to correct but um so for that it's great and a lot of the stevie dan stuff that me and you have played together before and um things like josie and you know i've got those parts i think from the same guy um but it's also the thing of um you know i know musicians who call themselves band leaders and buy or musical directors and buy the music off like sheet music director off of some of these uh, it might not be that exact one but some of these sites and they're just the parts are rubbish yeah and, and they don't know how to and then they them. might buy backing tracks from karaoke version.com or something that don't up. match up with the part and then and then yeah. you've got this complete hodgepodge of of stuff that doesn't doesn't go together. The other thing with with an in uh, in person teacher, and this is something I do all the time, is I write lesson notes. I write lesson notes. I write, uh, you know, I scribble things out, patterns, you know, sheet music, whether it's for myself or it's for students. I mean, if I just pull this bit of paper here, this is from some lessons I did all oh, well over a year ago, 
for someone and this was the lesson notes and it was you know that was an hour's lesson condensed into an a4 piece of paper you know about uh, what was this this was paradiddle grooves paradiddles in threes paradiddle accents and moving accent patterns so there was that was all just the paradiddle and that's not even everything you can do with a paradiddle it's so that that sort of knowledge uh is is what really benefits having a teacher in and also being a being a teacher you know where to look for things you know i know that if we're looking at rudiments i've got three or four snare drum books that i can dive into or if a student says i want to learn this song i know that i might have a chart for it in in one of my many files full of paper charts so it's it, it's it's that but also it's worth mentioning as a teacher i use youtube all the time mm. i all i quite often pull up youtube during a a lesson and whether it's just for reference of a song but sometimes i will actually pull up youtube lessons within my lesson which you would probably think is bizarre but i do it very very in very specific places for a very specific thing if i know that someone's explained something really well in a way that any that i really grasped and a student asks about that thing i will quite happily show them where i learned that from you know if there was a yeah. if there was a, a video uh in the right thing that in the key example of this recently was a student wanted to learn don't stop believing you know the journey uh tune and i think it was drumio but i could be wrong put a lesson up with steve smith sat telling you how he played each of those parts I, as a teacher, cannot explain those parts any better than Steve Smith, who wrote them, can. So I was quite happy to say to the student, we're going to put this on for five minutes. You can watch him explain it. I'll score it out. And then we'll play it together and I'll put the track on and you can play along. And so that what they got there was the benefit of Steve Smith teaching them it, having it physically written down, and then having me watch them play it and check that it was right and where they were stumbling or struggling i could stop them sit down myself and show them it slower or show them it different or explain it in a better way but for the groundwork steve smith showed them that Mm. and you can't beat that you know you can't beat learning the pattern from the guy who wrote it so i wouldn't try and be i wouldn't try and beat that you know i'm not gonna explain it in the same way steve smith did because he knows why he did it he knows what he was hearing on that track, whether he was following the bass line or whether he was following a keyboard part or if he was listening to the vocals. Why? And and the fact that he wanted to build it up verse by verse. So the first verse is very simple. The next section gets a bit more complicated. And then as you get to the very end, it becomes a four-bar looping pattern that goes round and round and round. So that's that's where YouTube can be, as a teacher, really useful, is that I can dial that up and it gives the student the most real world lesson you know and i always say to them you know we might just watch the first couple of minutes of that or the first minute and then i'll always send them a link to it and go if you want to continue on that idea that's where you can go and follow it you know and same if a student comes in and wants to learn double bass drum techniques i can play double bass drum but only to a certain level i'm not a, a metal drummer you know i'm not a speed drummer so I can teach them the fundamentals, but then I'll say to them, here's, here's a good tutor who can play that and can teach you that better than I can. You know, by all means, 
we can go through it in the lesson once you've developed it a bit, but I will let you follow their lead for development and then I will check your work rather than trying to teach you something I couldn't do myself. Mm. But that's where you've got to be, you've got to think real, you know, be real about it. You know, I'm as a musician, you can't do everything, you know, you, you can't necessarily be a great jazz player and be a great metal player and be the best funk drummer in the world and be able to teach all three of those to an equal level. That's not human. You know, if you can play all of them to a good standard and then you'll have your specialties where you, you know, that you're, you're a really good funk player or that you're really into your jazz, that's great. As long as you're not trying to teach someone something that you can't do yourself. You know, that's where I always draw the line. I'll say, you know, that's what we, anything beyond this is beyond my capability, but you're very much welcome to go away and study that. And then when you have done, I can check you're working, even though I can't do it myself. I can check how you're getting on and make sure it's all, it's all good. Yeah, that's probably a, a good sentiment to to wrap up this. I've, I'm pretty spent on this topic. Yeah, I think I think we got everything out of it that we possibly could out of a very simple <laughs> question. But yeah, in answer to the original question, is YouTube helping or hindering young or uh, learning musicians? Yes and no. It, you yeah. know, it very much is and it very much isn't. It's If you know the right places to look, it'll be a real help. If you're just following clickbaity titles, it'll probably be a real hindrance. Yeah, good, uh, good advice. And on that note, we well, will until s- next time. We will see you then. Bye. Yeah.